Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore podcast. Today I am extremely excited to introduce you all to Celia Wynn, who is the owner and business leader of the Harmonic Egg. And Celia was introduced to me from a prior guest on the Encore podcast. And as soon as she said to me, the harmonic egg, I said, what is that? And I must hear about it. And I must talk to the person who has come up with such an interesting business for one, but it sounded like something I wanted to experience, a harmonic egg. So I am delighted to have with me today, Celia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're all so intrigued. I probably should just skip to the part where we talk about what a harmonic egg is. But of course, there's always a great backstory behind anyone's today's success. So I want to go there first, if it's okay with you. I know that you've listened to a few of the podcasts in the past. And typically where I start is, you know, tell us your story. So, you know, who you are, where you were born, where you were raised, what was your childhood like, any highlights or lowlights that you might be willing to share a little bit about kind of your building years. Maybe there was some marriage, some children, some other career and things like that. Just give us the whole picture and tell us all about yourself, please. Okay, I will do my best. So, uh, yes, my name is Celia. I was born in 1970 and in um, Scarborough. Ontario and um yeah your your sister you. Michelle, actually <laughs> look at us Scarborough uh, girls <laughs> yeah yeah Scarborough girl so uh yeah two uh pretty great parents um everything was uh pretty good I am the oldest of two I have a sister who's younger than me by all of 18 months um and the first part of our life was probably pretty happy I was I was definitely a daddy's girl and followed my dad around everywhere and I was kind of taken under his wing so Right away, there was a bit of a separation in our family. My mom was my sister's mother, and my dad was my father, but there wasn't a lot of interaction the other way around, hmm. um, which was interesting and divisive from a very young age. Um, and uh, everything was okay. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I have a pretty pretty good memories from early childhood. Um, I think the trauma for me, um, and we say trauma, little trauma, big trauma, it's all trauma. Right. Um, you know, happened for me probably when my, my parents split in 1979. Okay. And I was almost nine, nine years old. And uh, my world drastically changed from being a bubble of protection from my father to my father leaving. And um, unbeknown, like he couldn't find work in, in Canada. The split made him pretty bankrupt and he had to go elsewhere to find work. So he was off to well, the east coast of Canada first in Newfoundland, and then he ended up working for the World Bank. So he traveled around the world. He would spend months in Sierra Leone or uh, Papua New Guinea or, I, I, I don't know, you name the crazy place, little place somewhere around the world. He was there. He wasn't with us. Okay. And um, instead, um, 
I had to go live with my mother and her new boyfriend and my sister, of course, in an apartment um, in um, still in Scarborough, but a different part, more more um, a smaller part. So we went from a beautiful big house to a little tiny apartment, and um, we had to live with my mom and her boyfriend and, and so on. And um, that was really trying for me, being a daddy's girl and then no longer having him. Right. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty tough. And then um, the separation too, because I really already felt a little bit disengaged from my mother. And then we have, it's not my mom's fault, but um, it just, but her partner ended up being a pedophile. Oh no. Oh. So um, I don't mean to, to bring everybody right down. This is a survivor story and a thriver story. This is not right. about me and my badness. I just, or what happened. It's me getting out of it. And boy, do I have a story to tell. I One day I want to write a book about this because I think that a lot of people can relate. And um, what's really interesting is that uh, he stayed in our lives until um, I was about, well, actually he stayed in our lives a lot longer, but he lived with us until I was about 16. And during that time there was, I don't remember when the abuse actually started, but um, I remember being groomed very young and this happening on a, on a, a fairly regular basis. And I won't go into details, but I, I survived by splitting off. And by um, really just uh, splitting my personality off a little bit, and, and I, I just wanted to delve into school and do my very best, and I worked really hard, and I was the people pleaser, and I was the person who just wanted to bend over backwards for people to make sure that everything stayed calm, right? So um, I was kind of the quiet one. Um, my mom basically begged me to to not make too much drama because she was having a hard enough time with her situation and having she was working full-time he ended up not working and so she was supporting everybody my mom did great she was the canadian um the tennis you know the canadian tennis association yeah. the tennis tournament here she was the director of the canadian tennis association so um putting on a couple tournaments a year and all that she was super busy with work so um and uh, a leader in the women's movement for sure i did learn about that from her um but uh, yeah, we were left with this guy a lot of the time. Um, yeah, and I and I just kind of survived. I was in survival mode for a very long, long time. And um, really, even after he left, when I told my mother about what was happening with my sister, because I found out something had happened to her. And for whatever reason, I couldn't speak up for me, but I was able to speak up for her. Um, so there was really a lack of self-love going on back then and a lack of understanding about what was going on. And I just thought it was kind of normal what was happening. I didn't really have a, a clear understanding. Um, but when I was 19 years old and in grade 13, so the final year of high school, that dates me a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I fell down a flight of stairs and broke my foot. And on the x-ray, they found a big tumor in my foot. So I had to have surgery on the foot. And when they removed the tumor, all my memory, all the dissociative parts started to come back. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. Interesting. Um, it threw me for a loop because until then I had been delving into my work. All I wanted to do was go to university and become professional X, Y, Z. I didn't know what yet, but um, I knew I wanted to do something large with my career. Um, but when my memories came back, it kind of flooded me and threw me for a loop because I could no longer focus on school. My health started deteriorating rapidly, and um, and I couldn't make heads or tails of what was going on. I became very depressed. I was put on antidepressants. I was put on all of this stuff. I was suicidal, like you name it. It was just dark. Okay? So that's as far as I want to go with the darkness. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, 
While we're there, though, I do want to pause and just say thank you so much for sharing honestly and openly. And I do pray for that little girl. I love seeing the strong woman before me today. And so that is a blessing that we have you and that you did survive. Thank so you. Much respect. Thank you. And I and I talk about this, not because I want to keep tooting my horn over, yes, I'm a survivor, but more, a lot of my clients come from places like that. Right. And maybe not quite so, maybe not quite so traumatic in some senses, but they think that their little traumas about, you know, indecencies that happened to them or, or things that they kind of brushed under the rug. Oh, that's just the time that was in it still affects us. And in, in order to heal properly, we need to kind of have a soul. What I calling back the soul pieces that get split off during these, these traumas, whether they be something as strong as abuse, or if they be something that just feels wrong in their mind and they, and they, they, they don't feel safe. And so a little part of them splits off. Right. And part of healing is, is reckoning with all of those little parts and going underneath and finding the little self-sabotaging parts of themselves and, or the, you know, the, the, the habits that we don't understand why we do what we do um, and understanding that there is a hurt part of us in there who is speaking volumes and just wants to be reckoned with, or wants to be heard and understood. And um, yeah. And so that's kind of how I work. So my, my clients now, I mean, I really do search for a root cause of an issue and um, try to listen to the shadow parts of ourselves to Listen to what they have to say, because right. those parts can speak volumes and they've been pushed down and pushed down with, no, I don't want to re-experience that. No, I don't want to rehash that memory. You don't have to. It's more about just right. understanding that part of you and why you tick. And right. that's, that's the key to getting healthy. Okay. So anyway, I didn't know that back then. Right. <laughs> so what did your 20s and 30s look like? Yeah. So uh, so 20s were tough. So, I mean, it, I went through... Um, <laughs> like from about age 16 to 25 just just kind of floating I traveled a lot and I tried to run away from the situation really um and uh de dealt with mental health issues it was very difficult to go to university because whenever I would try to study then my self-sabotaging self would come out and destroy the situation um for example um I pulled my hair out oh a lot and that's called trichotillomania but it's something that's kind of shamed in a lot of societies but it's really just nothing more than a different a, a deviation from nail biting. It's under that same category, right? Yeah. And uh, but I was so ashamed, and whenever I picked up a book, it just started, and I couldn't understand that. So I didn't do mainstream school. I did. I I had to drop out of university, and I worked. I worked in the retail sector. I worked, uh, yeah, as in like as a secretary type of job. I did do a little bit of college, and I got a bookkeeping back bookkeeping background. So that's. Yeah, that's by about the age of 25. So um, at 25, I was getting on with things and I was picking my sister up from her job at a gym and I met my future husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of love at first sight. It was a very strange kind of uh, recognition. We recognized each other and lo and behold, it was pretty whirlwind. We we lived together quite quickly, but I had been living back at my mom's place, not being able to make ends meet. So I just wanted to jump out of that fire real quick. Right. And so we 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 really got together quickly, and we lived together um, for about two years before we got married. But we got married, and we have uh, two kids, um, daughters, and they're fantastic. They're the, the light of my life, really. I just adore my girls. Wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, but that that had its own set of problems because I hadn't really completely healed myself and I haven't loved myself. So I picked someone who 
I thought would love me with all my damage. And as I tried to heal from that, I was separating myself from him because he only, he could only, he was vibrating at a certain level. And as, as I got stronger in myself and my, what I wanted for myself, I could see that it wasn't, we weren't going the same way. Okay. So we broke up in 2004 and, um, yeah. And then a couple years later I was working again. Now I studied accounting by this time. So I was working as an, as a bookkeeper slash accountant for, um, I had been working for my husband, so I had to find a new job when we broke up. <laughs> um, that's how I found, um, friends of second Marsh. I worked for a charity there and I was doing bookkeeping there and, um, met the love of my life who was my boss at the time. So it didn't happen quickly, but, um, in 2006, I, I basically met, met my now husband. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so, and, and, and our relationship is great. So, um, you know, I have a, a supportive man in my back. Uh, at my back and try to hold me up but he's trying to get me to stand on my own too and um yeah it's taken it's taken a lot of work and uh a lot of soul searching and healing to get to this place so what happened how I got into this was uh, into this kind of line of work because it's certainly not accounting or or secretary right. school or retail but um I even though I was thought I was getting better I was getting really ill like I thought I was mentally getting better. I was mentally getting stronger. I was getting physically ill. Interesting. And, yeah. And, um, and I was doing everything that I could to learn about how to fix it because the doctors all thought it was in my head or idiopathic or they couldn't quite tell what it was. And I just hit the books again and I went back to studying and I studied nutrition, um, because, um, I knew that there was something that was all gut at first. Right. So a lot of, you know, I don't even know what it's called irritable bowel or chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia or who the heck knows. Right. It's still not been a proper diagnosis. At one point I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, um, in 2016 because it was still, you know, by then I was running my nutrition business, but was getting exhausted. And I went to, um, get some tests and they said, well, you've got Lyme disease. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's strange because, I mean, I had lived out West for a little while when I went to university and, um, and I suppose there were ticks around and I do kind of remember a rash, but I'd always, I'd put it back in my right. memory. Like, right. So, yeah. So with that, um, everything kind of came to a standstill and, um, I still was taking entry level jobs. I was now working in a health food store, which was, which was difficult. So um, slowly pandemic came along and, and unbeknownst to the whole world, we got to stop for a little while. Right. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I loved stopping. And I, I didn't, I don't, didn't love all the chaos that was happening. I didn't love all the people who were getting sick and dying and, and that, no, of course I didn't love that. But my selfish little bit, my cocooning, wanting to cocoon and hibernate, loved it because there was no, I didn't have to make excuses for myself anymore. Right right? I was actually allowed to take a pause and breathe and not have to do the rat race, not have to go to a job, not have to go to, to perform. I didn't have to wear makeup. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't have to do my hair. I mean, it was, I mean, I lived in track pants. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and it was during that time that I allowed myself to really get back and more back in touch with my spirituality. And it's never been far away. I've always been quite intuitive. But um, it was just during this period, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to finish what I started. I had been working on a metaphysical ministry degree. I uh, worked on that and completed that, got my bachelor's for that, which was amazing. 
That is amazing. Good for you. Thank you. And, um, and really took meditating very seriously for a little while and was meditating every single day and really trying to go inwards and just exploring all of the the deep, dark parts myself, all the self-sabotaging parts myself. A book that I'm just going to give a shout out to is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. I don't know if you read it. No. Amazing amazing book. And that really helped swing the course of my life by by recognizing those shadows as just hurt parts of myself, but not, not parts of me that I needed to run away from. Right. Okay. So just like I'd been running away from the abuse and running away from the, the, just not wanting to listen to the hurt parts of myself to try to survive. I'd had the pause to be able to actually do a real big reckoning with that part of myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's great. I also love that you did something valuable with the time. Mm-hmm. It was a forced upon us break. And there's so many thoughts on so many reasons why it happened. And what everybody did with it was a little bit different, but I love that you use the time to reflect and grow. Yes. And it's great. not that I hadn't been before. Like I had studied other modalities with the nutrition. I'd studied, I'd studied emotional freedom techniques. I did a 10 month partners program with them that really gets to the nitty gritty of the root causes of, of your emotions. Um, I studied hypnotherapy. I studied live blood cell analysis to see the blood under the microscope because I was so curious. And it was, it, that blew me away too, because the, Blood cells look just like outer space. I mean, you talk about a matrix, boy, oh boy. Right. It's almost identical. Um, but this, the, the pandemic really gave me the pause to not have to do anything. There was no rules. There was just time to breathe and right. to go inward. And I really, really appreciated that. And how old were you at that point? Uh, well, that would have been, so that was when I turned 50. All right. So Interesting. Coincidence, of course. But yeah. You know, it's a good time when a lot of people take pause and evaluate yeah. what they've been doing. Yeah. And anybody in that midpoint of their life really took stock of what they were doing while they had this imposed pause. Yes, exactly. So the timing, it was it was divine as far as my own personal self was. And I don't want to hurt any of your viewers or listeners out there because I don't mean it was it was great. I just mean that it was it was the right time for me to take the right. word. And I was grateful for that. Um, yeah. So, uh, during that time, I also started listening to that Gaia channel because there was some, it was new to me and I was curious and, and, um, uh, one of the speakers on, uh, an inter- interview show, uh, was a woman named Gail Lynn and she's the inventor of the harmonic egg. Okay. And it was really, it was almost synchronous timing because I actually phoned her the next day, which was really weird. Like I t- jotted down her number. I looked her up and then I'm like, okay, well, it's too late to call tonight. I'm going to call tomorrow morning. I called, I talked to Gail, the inventor who has, who's quite famous in her own right. Like she's, she's the one that actually runs harmonic egg and is the inventor of harmonic egg. To be clear, I run harmonic egg Kingston. Right. So, um, but the day that I talked to her, she had just hired uh, the Canadian representative for the harmonic eggs. We didn't have any in Canada yet. And I'm like, well, how can I get one here? And so we started the process almost immediately. Like I, I barely tested it before. I did two remote sessions and then I'm like, yeah, I'll do this. I uh, love that. I love the take action and yeah. the leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. It really was like, okay, the momentum's being building. I knew about the September before then that I needed to do something with what I'd been learning. And I... And I opened myself up to do a free online course just about uh, body confidence. Okay. Um, 
So as a nutritionist um, and working with a side of, you know, understanding the foods we eat, but they don't really touch on why we, you know, we know a lot about food now. We know a lot about what's nutritious versus what's nutritious. So why do people still eat the wrong things? Why do people still smoke? Why does people still, you know, sabotage their best efforts? They do so far on a diet and then they just quit. Like, why? All great questions. Yeah. So that's where I was going with it. It was a little bit diverted from the nutrition bit, but I was still very curious anyway. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm learning stuff. Let me do a course on this and just try it out. So I threw it out on Facebook and I said, free course for whoever wants it. Well, most people thought I was crazy and like, why would you just do something for free? But it really was just a test for me right. to see. So I got, I got a few people signed up and we did it and, and um, got really great feedback. And I'm like, I got to go forward this momentum. I'm not sure if I want to just, just teach classes. I want to do something a little bit more impactful. And ironically, I'm getting back to teaching classes now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then that's when the, the action had started in September. But that was that momentum that brought the egg to me, I think. Right. I 100% believe that what we put into the universe and the universe responds appropriately. You were very likely ready. And this opportunity was presented to you. I love, have you ever read the book, Big Magic? No. Essentially, I don't remember the author, but essentially the message of the book, Big Magic, is there are all these amazing big magic ideas floating around in the universe. And if one is planted in you, it's actually your duty and obligation to nurture it. Interesting is that if you don't give life to the idea though, it still exists and it will pass on to someone else. And so, you know, when you've ever been through a process where you see someone start a business or they have an idea, or they write a book and you think, oh, I wanted to do that. They got to it first or whatnot. Really, that's the universe telling you that, you know, I did give you that idea. You didn't respond to it. And because it needed to be born so much, it moved on to someone who would give it life. Right. So I love that. And actually that in part is what happened to me when I was exploring this concept and the name even Encore was, I feel like it was a gift from the universe planted in me that I had to give life to, or it would move on to someone else. And honestly, I just think it's so good. And I'm so grateful for the gift of all this that I feel it is my obligation to share this message and meet people like you and connect people like us. So it's wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, I do believe that was a big magic idea for you that the universe presented to you. Yeah. Well, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I don't believe that I would have gone through all of this and survived all this and started to thrive from all this without it meaning something to me. Right. And so now, I mean, the clients that come to me, it's it, like when you talk about magic, it's absolutely beautiful how the clients that come to me reflect like they're only like a step or two behind me. Like they really they really are like they, they, they they're on this path, too. Right. So I attract a lot of people who are working with healing. I attract a lot of people who are are working with um, reconciling the, the shadow self uh, or a lot of people who've had trauma that they're not really registering, but they know that it's there somewhere and they need to clear it. But they don't even necessarily cycle or consciously know that they need to clear it. It's amazing how many of my clients. Right. I like that. Right. Okay. Uh, so can you sorry, can you. Tell us about the harmonic egg experience. What is the harmonic egg? What is the experience like? What do you engage with it? What is the magic that happens? Okay, so um, the harmonic egg itself is a sound and light vibrational chamber. So it's a chamber, and I can show you at the end of this if you want. I can walk over there. 
it's 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 um, about 11 feet across, and with the door shut, it's a, about seven feet wide. Okay. Inside, when the door's open, it's 11 feet by 11 feet, so I need a really big room for it. Um, and it kind of, the first time I saw it, it reminded me of Mork and Mindy. I don't know if you remember Mork and Mindy. I do. <laughs> you remember his little spaceship that he came out, Nanu Nanu yeah. and all this stuff? Reminded me of that completely. I'm like, wow, this is really out of this world. This is crazy. And um, it's just made of wood. Okay. It's a decahedron shape. So it's like 12-sided on the outside. Smoother on the inside. I wouldn't say it's totally smooth, but it's smoother on the inside. And, um, and it's in the shape of an egg. So it's in the shape of a chamber. So if you think back to Nikolai Tesla, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever on your listeners follow that, but he had a, a similar kind of contraption, but it was space up. So the top of the egg would have been at the top and it was taller and you just sat in it, right? Okay. This is kind of inverted on its side, but it's the same kind of idea. And it uses Tesla mathematics and sacred geometry. And uh, it harnesses the vibrations of music um, because each instrument sets off a certain vibration. And it uses the vibration of light because every light oscillates at a specific speed. And what it does is it, it takes the human who's in there or the human that I'm setting the intention for, it matches their vibration and then raises it up. So it helps to calm the nerve. Basically what it's doing is it's helping to calm the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system. So when, broadly speaking, when we're under stress, when we're panicked about something, when we're in fight or flight mode, we are not calm and we are not healing because the body to heal itself, to repair, to digest food, to intake all those nutrients, whatever, has to be in a calm state. When we are in a stressed out state, the cortisol is flooding, like our hormones are flooding with everything and we're getting ready to run and fight that saber tooth tiger or whatever, right? It's not conducive to healing. So unfortunately in this day and age, chronic anxiety, chronic stress, we're all kind of wired like this. Oh yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard to get to a place of healing. So um, what do we do? We eat fast food in the rush. We don't digest it properly because it's not sitting in our gut and the, the energy that is supposed to be digesting our food is, di is, is spread out to our fingertips and our feet so that we can run away to our head so we can cope with it. And we're not digesting our food properly. We're creating a state of acidity in the body. Uh, diseases born of acidity, and we can create all sorts of um, dis-ease. So disease is basically dis-ease. We're not in ease. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So what this does is it helps our body to naturally get into a state of ease so that we can heal. So yes, it increases our vibration if you want to go there, but I don't even have to speak in metaphysical terms. It basically gives us... Uh, reset point where we're nice and calm and we are able to therefore start healing because the body wants to heal the body wants to pee in something called homeostasis which means it's calm it's in balance and it'll do everything that it can to be in calm and balance but we as our brains are under stress dysregulate that and that's how disease happens so when we can get out of our own way and we can become, get into a state of relaxation and calmness we start to heal from all sorts of things make sense that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I've had people who have been in stage four cancer who are surviving. And I don't want to say that this is going to make everybody who has stage four cancer live. It's not like that, but it's helping them. Right. I have people with one of my favorite clients has been a member since I started. 
and she had crippling anxiety, absolutely crippling. She was off work. She was supposed to work midnights at this at a warehouse. I don't know what exactly she does, but she works at a warehouse. She couldn't do it anymore. She was on, on leave of absence. Her boss was understanding about it, but she couldn't cope, and she'd have anxiety most of her life. She tried everything. She tried medication. She tried all sorts of, you know, therapies, blah, blah, blah. She comes to the egg a little bit like, yeah, I bet you can't do anything for this, but I'm going to give it a try. Right. And I said, give it, give it a few sessions. So she did. And after about the fourth session, she bought a membership. She comes every two weeks. She is a changed person like this woman. I love that. She's booked me now for the rest of the year. Like she's, she's just like every two weeks she has to come and do this because she recognizes how it's helping her. And I mean, it was, it was interesting because she had to work um, like, so she's back at working and she's working midnights a lot now too. And she's fine. It's Wonderful. so weird. Yeah. So yeah, she missed an, missed one of my sessions and didn't come for a month and she really felt it kind of slipping back again. So she's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm hooked. That so is an amazing testimony. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's lots of, there's lots and lots of people like that. Like a harmonic eggs now are spread throughout the United States. We have, well, we have uh, three or four in Ontario already and um, there's more coming. I think that there's, there's definitely one that just opened in Ottawa for your Ottawa listeners. And there's more to come in Ottawa. I've got this area here. So Kingston um, from Belleville to Gananoque to Smith's Falls kind of area. Um, and, uh, but we're, you know, the company is, is interesting because we're not in competition with each other because we understand that as, as, as we amplify the energy of the harmonic egg, everybody, like it's, everybody can use it. It's just right. a matter of educating people, right? So that in a nutshell is what it, it does. It's very hard to un- explain without actually trying it. But the, the remotes, to me, are just as powerful. And uh, like I said, uh, there was no harmonic eggs in Canada during the pandemic when I found it, right? right. We couldn't get to the States. The borders were closed. So I tried it remotely. And then I did a bunch of sessions remotely for that. And then I eventually, when um, Paige, our Canadian director, um, got hers in July of 2020, 2021, I went up there. I'm like, whoa, this is intense. I actually almost preferred the remote ones at first because it was so strong. Wow. Interesting. What I'd like to propose actually is I would love to come there and take some video with you. I I will do my first experience and I will have my producer record it. So we can even, I don't know how personal or intimate it is, but we could do, we can record and share my intake discussion and my experience and whether I'm nervous and how it goes. I think that would be really fun. I would love that. So, yeah. So I will let you know that everybody's experience is very unique. Okay. Um, I, I highly suggest you come with an open mind and don't expect the world (laughs) because it's not a magic pill. Right. Um, I do have people, especially people I find who have been doing the spiritual thing. And I say that in quotations because, I mean, they've been surface level uh, doing the spiritual work. They've been meditating in groups and they've been reading books and they think that they're they're all set. And they, they want a really high elevating experience. Right. But often in those cases, we need to be grounded. And we need to reconnect with the earth. It's not all magic and airy-fairy and great meditative experiences. Sometimes it's very physical. Mm-hmm. And it gives you, the egg gives you what you need, not necessarily what you want. So I have to say that it is a disclaimer because I have a lot of people who say they meditate a lot and they're, they're, they're great and they just want to have the best meditative experience. Often they get a very grounding experience and they come out disappointed. 
Okay. Because they don't necessarily recognize that they need the grounding first. Okay. Because if we are all up there and we're not grounded, we could actually physically die. We can't, we can't just float off completely. We have to stay in our human body. Our job is to be have a, we're a soul having a human experience, right? So we can't leave the human experience. So that is my disclaimer. Okay. So everybody takes it differently. Some people just feel tingling. Some people do have a great meditative experience. Often those people that have had a, not been able to meditate and not been able and are really have been dealing with the survival motor all the time. They're the ones who usually have the meditative experience the first time. It's hilarious. So yeah, that's my disclaimer. Okay. It's interesting. I am not good at meditation. I try because I know that it would be one more really good ingredient into my daily rituals that would help me. I mean, I pray and I exercise and I read and I practice gratitude and all the things. And as I look at the ingredients that go into success, whatever that looks like for people, I do hear meditation is a strong factor and I just can't calm my mind to be quiet enough. And then the one thing I did try was listening to a meditation as I went to sleep. And I actually had kind of a scary experience and it felt a little out of body, which that can happen. I understand, but I actually scared myself. So I stopped trying meditation, but I do think that there is something that I should do more or better. So I'm very curious as to what my experience might be in the harmonic egg, given that history with it all. I'm curious too, but remember like sitting in cross-legged position with your hands, just so and sitting and meditating. It's for some people, but it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. So you can meditate. It's kind of like self-care. It's all about the intention of what you're doing. Yeah, so absolutely. Think, yeah. Yes. So you say that you exercise. I used to meditate by running um, mm-hmm. until I got sick. I was an avid runner. Um, you know, when I lived in BC, I used to run around Stanley Park four or five times a week. So it's oh. saying something. I can't do that now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's any kind of practice where you are kind of just letting it be. So. Right. Um, you know, the shoulds, we need to get that out of our vocabulary because you're, you're right. doing the best you can with what you've got and, um, absolutely come and try it. If, if you feel aligned to it, that's wonderful. Not everybody does, but it's okay. I'm curious. Often, yeah. Mm. I mean, I have that monkey mind too. And especially since having a business, it's a lot harder to just sit and meditate. Like it really yeah. is. So my egg is kind of like my catch all. I meditate in the egg now, as opposed to, um, trying to do it every night because that's right. been on the possibility. Um, so yes, yeah, so again, uh, some self forgiveness on that piece would be good for you, um, and recognizing that you can you can just you can meditate by sewing, you can meditate by cooking, you can meditate by reading your favorite book. You can med- that's that's all meditation, really. It's about coming to a place of centeredness and being present with the experience. No, well, thank you. You're welcome. So this is your post fifty career. Yes. I mean, it is your your gift and your calling and your big magic idea, like we've talked about. What does starting a new business look and feel like for you over the age of 50? It's exciting and challenging at the same time. Um, I'm having to do quite the leap of faith um, because this was something that I just, my heart knew I had to do but my bank account didn't necessarily recognize that. Right. Um, it was just something that we're manifesting as we go. So when I say we, me and my higher self and my family, et cetera, um, and um, hoping for the best, you know? So I do recognize that it's a spiritual practice. In order to do so, I need to be supported 
it, to be able to continue this practice. So there's my hope. There's my, um, that's how I'm, that's how I'm going through every day because to start at this age, it can be very overwhelming and very scary because you think you have a certain plan for your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, I mean, forget savings for retirement, forget, forget, you know, I mean, I'm in the process of refinancing because we need to make this work. Right. And so instead of going on the vacations, I'm like, oh my gosh, how much can I pay off all this debt? Right. At right. 50, it's really, really scary or 52 or whatever I am. My yeah. husband is, is, is a senior to me. So yeah, it's even scarier for him. Like he's got right. this big faith in me that I don't understand, but, um, anyway, yeah. So it's, it's scary. It's not for the faint of heart. And we, and one of the, the big lessons I've had to learn is that it might feel like failure at first, but there's actually no such thing as failure. So there's success and there's learning. I agree. So, Preach. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big one because I felt like when I was younger, especially if I tried something and it didn't work, I failed that. Forget it. I'm not going to do that anymore. Now it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that didn't go the way I wanted, but I'm learning from it. So how can I tweak this now to make it go more in my favor? Or what can I do next to make it more in my favor? So it's a different kind of frame of mind. And I think we get with maturity as we can look back upon our life and go, oh, you know, like, look at all of these things that I learned from all of these different things. Like I never knew as a you know, as working in retail to like, I was selling, sold jeans to, um, you know, bookkeeping to, uh, working in the environment with the environmental community to all of these different things, to studying nutrition for my own health, to all of these things would then tweak to this. Like if I had seen this path back then, I would have thought I was crazy. Right. Absolutely crazy. So, you know, we just need to take the next step and have faith that, it's going to keep moving in the proper direction. And this, you know, I've dubbed this the year of magic anyway. This is, this is, this is 2023 is going to be an amazing year. <laughs> Absolutely love that as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think we'll bring it in for a landing, but I do have one closing question I'd like to ask everyone. If you could speak to little girl Celia, what would you tell her? I would tell her that she was loved unconditionally. Nice that she doesn't have to perform and that she can just be and be accepted. She doesn't have to bend over backwards for people. She doesn't have to be a certain way to be loved. She is loved. That's beautiful. And honestly, I would encourage you to continue to tell, your, tell yourself that today. Yes. And I tell myself that every day. I am similarly beyond looking for other people's acceptance. Yep. And it's all about self-love and self-confidence and whatnot. And we're all blessed if we have a great network of family and friends around us who lift us up as well. But just being able to tell your inner child and even my inner child back in the days of Scarborough, like we talked about, yep. you're going to be okay, Sherry. Yep. And you're going to be more than okay. You're going to thrive. And all of this is teaching you something you need to know for your life's journey. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing so openly and honestly. It is wonderful to hear your story. I encourage everyone to look up the Harmonic Egg. I know you have a website. I assume you're on social media as well. Yes, HarmonicEggKingston.com um, and Harmonic Egg Kingston. And my name is Celia. Perfect. Okay. And I am very serious sometime in March because I'm taking a little hiatus, but sometime in March, I think I'm going to book some time to come in and visit the egg and I will bring my producer with me and we will do a little video series on what that experience is like. Love so excited. Looking forward to 
forward to that. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Book at any time. <laughs> Perfect. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and continue to challenge yourself and just be the best that you can be. 